Hi, I'm Michael Goff, Principal Product Marketing for Software Monetization here at Revenera. The podcast you're about to listen to was recorded by Revulytics, which is now a part of Revenera. Rest assured that while the names may have changed, the conversations are still meaningful and relevant. Our guests have some great insights to share, so stay tuned. Welcome to the Piracy Impact Podcast, episode number 10. I'm Michael Goff. And I'm Jason Swan. So Jason, really interesting interview today, speaking with Rafael Amaral from Casnar Leonardo's in Brazil, just coming off the heels of speaking at our customer event in Paris. Another podcast recording that you did in Paris without me. What's up? Yeah, it was really good, really opportunistic. He had just got off the stage, ton of energy. I kind of forced him right into a conference room and said, hey, let's keep this thing going. Our listeners would appreciate this, not just our customers and prospects so it was uh it was entertaining yeah and he was definitely in the zone used a few acronyms pop quiz jason let's make sure that our audience here for the podcast understands these he mentions scg what's scg software compliance group it's a partner of revulytics do a lot of revenue recovery for us correct work hand in hand so when you hear scg that's who he's talking about one other one that was a little bit new to me ap and c yep anti-piracy and compliance so of course Raphael's in a room with you know, folks that are in the industry, across the globe, already have programs. So these things kind of flow a little freely. Our audience may be a little more broader for the podcast, so good to point that out. Yeah, and, and I thought I had been around for a while and would, would pick up on acronyms. <laughs> I, that one went right over my head, but at 5-4, these things happen all the time. Um, I should also point out that we had to bleep him a few times. He was not being offensive. Instead, he mentioned some client names. We thought in the interest of privacy and confidentiality would bleep yep, those out. Again, talking freely. Yep. <laughs> um, but then the, I thought the most interesting part about this was when he starts talking about ISP data. Yeah, so his presentation, you know, at somewhat of a request uh, from the audience, was to really talk about how do you expand the programs. So, you know, piracy is one component of noncompliance and getting data having actionable leads is really the difficult component. Who are we going after and what sort of evidence do we have? And he is positioning, growing that uh, data set and the actionable leads to go after by attacking some of the uh, internet service providers. So he goes through a whole exhaustive approach to that, which is very successful down there in Brazil. And his uh, law firm has had um, a lot of positivity in that program. Yeah, this is a great interview. So let's get right to it. Welcome to another edition of Piracy Impact. I am your host, Jason Swan. We are once again broadcasting from Paris, France, where Revulytics has been hosting a customer event. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by Raphael Amorel from Casnar Leonardos. Raphael, how are you today? Fine, excellent. Thank you. So Raphael, do me a favor, give us and our listeners a little background uh, on your firm, if you would. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for the invitation. It's been a great pleasure to, uh, to be here in Paris, to attend this uh, wonderful conference, and uh, to be able to really meet up not just other you know, partners, law firms, but also, and most importantly, uh, some of uh, SCG's clients, which is very important to uh, really show uh, the work that we've been doing in all you know, our countries and etc. So it's a great opportunity. Thank you so much for the invitation again. Absolutely. All right, so um, Casanova Leonardo's. What I can tell you is the following. The company um, was founded uh, 100 100 years ago 
So uh, we're turning 100 years this year in September. And uh, we currently have 22 partners. I am one of the uh, 10 uh, senior partners of the firm. I am a lawyer. And uh, we currently- Full disclosure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we uh, currently have about 230 plus people working in three offices, Rio, that's where I'm based. based. Uh, We have an office in Sao Paulo and Mm -hmm. we have a, a small branch in the south of the country in Porto Alegre. Um, we do pretty much all things uh, related to intellectual property that covers uh, patent prosecution work, uh, trademark prosecution work, uh, designs, and of course litigation and uh, of course as well uh, APNC programs for uh, different clients, not only in the software area, but also we cover uh, music, libraries, mm-hmm. uh, catalogs. We've been working very hard with uh, and for uh, some movie studios also in the APNC programs. So um, that's pretty much what we've been doing over the last 100 years. Yep. And uh, when it comes specifically specifically to software compliance, um, we do from A to Z really. I mean, mm-hmm. we investigate uh, people or companies that are using illegal uh, copies of our client softwares. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes for certain clients we have access to their uh, platform so we are able to generate the reports, we read the reports, we uh, invest, investigate a little bit, little bit more uh, in order to get some um, background information about the companies that have been using the software. Uh, it's very important as well before we initiate any kind of uh, negotiation we try to get a sense of how financially healthy is the company so we get credit reports yep. and, and so on. So we do the investigation work or we get from, for example, Revolutics and Software Compliance Group, we get reports from the companies. Um, we do the negotiations, I mean, we send a season disease letters and uh, when it's not possible to negotiate and to come up with you know, good um, agreements, a settlement with the companies, we are forced to escalate the cases to uh, litigation. So uh, we shift, I mean, we move the case from our APNC group to the litigation group mm-hmm. in order to prosecute either criminal or civil actions against uh, local companies. So that's pretty much um, what, what we have been doing for um, software publishers uh, okay. in our country. And, you know, I talk to a lot of different software vendors around the world, different law firms, and really anybody in the compliance space. And you consistently hear about the BRIC companies, or the BRIC countries, I should say, uh, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China. And there seems to be, you know, this, uh, you know, mythical representation of what's happening in these territories. But why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the positive results that are happening down in Brazil? Yeah, yeah, very good question. Um, Well, Brazil... As you probably know, um, everyone knows, it's a large, it's a big, big, big country. Um, our you know, population is really big, you know, the size of the companies as well. We have um, companies spread out all over the places. And uh, what we've been seeing over the past few years is that, especially when it comes to APNC programs, and because we now have these tracking technologies that really allow us, uh, allows us to really identify you know, the companies and where they are located and, and things related to that, we've been seeing that the economy, although it's not booming as it used to be in the past, mm-hmm. and as we wanted, of course, but still there are a lot, uh, lots of uh, uh, piracy issues down there in Brazil. So a lot of, uh, the market is really big, uh, the opportunities, you know, are out there as well. 
So it's really up to the clients, the software publishers, to uh, really engage companies such as Revolitics in order to, to get a sense of how big is the problem locally, you know, in each and every country, and decide which measure the companies would like to take, either, you know, off-court negotiations or litigations. But my perspective is that um, it's really, uh, Brazilian is, is, a, is a big market, just as, you know, I want to compare it to China, of course, but yep. yet uh, I would tell you that it is the biggest market in the region, in Latin America, for okay. sure. Uh, we go through, you know, the... Um, platforms, um, Revolutics platforms, and we see how um, big is the piracy issue in Argentina, in Uruguay, uh, Portugal, in Mexico, and other countries. And if you go to Brazil, it's it's unbelievable yeah. the number yeah. of hits that we get in Brazil. So it is a big market and, and people, uh, companies, uh, software publishers, really sh really should uh, pay a close attention to uh, to Brazil. What I can tell you uh, something about the numbers, just to uh, for the folks, for the listeners, mm -hmm. to understand how big is the market. Uh, we started out our APNC program back in 2016. Um, we were acting for, and we're still acting for. Yep. Uh, which is one of you know the biggest clients we have in the firm. Uh, so we start we started out the VPP program in 2016, and uh, it was a pilot project. We only had two members in our uh, department, APNC program. And uh, now, 2019, we are close to 22 people, uh, not only working for but also for many clients coming from Revolutics and Software Compliance Group. So um, you can see that there are lots of opportunities out there. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the number of hits of hits are always increasing, and uh, in my perspective, it will not, um, you know, go down. Sure. So. Yeah, sure. no, I was just going to say, when you talk to technology companies, prospective prospects that want to embark on a APNC program in Brazil, what do you tell them to be aware of? Yeah. So uh, a couple of things I would like to say before, you know, answer directly your question. Um, I get a lot of questions from uh, clients uh, in the software area or in the patents, <laughs> uh, trademark area. Uh, they go they go to me and say listen Rafael we want to litigate we want to you know enforce our rights in Brazil but you know it's so it's so far away from us I mean it's a total yeah. you know a different reality as opposed to let's say Europe or United States Japan and etc how strong are my rights IP rights in Brazil what I can tell you and this is the right answer uh, which I just gave after the presentation during the, my presentation here in Paris is that um, Intellectual property rights in Brazil are fully enforceable, not just software, but also patents, trademarks. We do have a very, very solid and strong um, um, IP environment and IP law as well. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to software, um, uh, software publishers, uh, publishers are allowed to file either criminal or civil actions. They're able to raid the companies, to go inspect all the computers, and, uh, and also go to, to damages, really. So um, one of the things that I would like to uh, tell you, Jason, and also to listeners, is that uh, Brazil is, um, is a very important market, and you should not be too much um, afraid of, of engaging you know, companies in Brazil or initiating APNC programs or even consider final litigation or fighting and, and final litigation in Brazil because 
uh, it's a good opportunity as well to raise the bar and try to come up with better and higher um, agreements because you know when you litigate uh, it means that the situation is is the worst. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's unresolvable it's, at the moment. It, it, exactly, yeah. exactly. But you've got some data and you've done some background checks. You know they're financially viable. Exactly. So it's a good target for many reasons. Exactly. And then if you decide that you want to use the court system because of the egregiousness of the theft or uh, you think the damages are worth it or whatever the, the case may be, yeah. you've got a vehicle and a judicial system that will support it. Exactly, exactly. And very important for all the clients, for all the um, software publishers, a um, couple of things. First of all, as I said before, software are fully enforceable for point number one. Point number two, civil and criminal actions are available. Third, and this is very important because I get this a lot from the clients, foreign entities mm -hmm. are treated the same way as domestic companies. So there's no... Uh, difference between you know treating one company yeah, no because favoritism. it is a foreign yeah. exactly yeah. exactly so so there's no big difference between companies and most importantly as well injunctions as opposed to what happens in the US I just learned that in one of the presentations injunctions to rate companies are very very common in Brazil and very let's say easily granted by judges in Brazil so mm -hmm. the only thing you have to prove when you file the complaint uh, what we call the preliminary action because you are, your intent is actually to raid the company. You're not suing the company for damages. Mm -hmm. You're just, you know, securing evidence. So what you want is really for, you know, the judge to appoint a technical expert. This guy will show up one day at the company's premises, will knock on the door and say, listen, I have um, a decision from the judge and I will have to inspect all of your computers. So it happens all the time. I would say that um, in 100% of the dozens and dozens and dozens of litigations that we have in our firm the injunctions were granted and most importantly the technology that we use for example revolutics mm -hmm. technology where we get you know the mac addresses and many information that lead us to uh to the infringers are proved to be uh, very, very consistent, which means that when we raid a company, we go there with a book, uh, with a notebook, yep. with you know all the Macs, yep. and we check the computers that the guy has. And 100% of the cases, the Macs coming from Revolitics uh, platform are exactly the ones that we have in the facilities, okay. which is, uh, mm. you know, proves that the system really works. So you've got a strong level of confidence when you embark yes. on a raid exactly. that you're going to find what you're looking for. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and plus, you don't have to, although, you know, your system, your platform shows us the infringement uh, in order to file any kind of lawsuit in Brazil, this kind of lawsuit to raid companies you um, don't have to, to be 100% sure. You can have merely a suspicion that the guys infringe okay. your company's rights. So the so burden of proof enough. is a little lower. Exactly. Okay. So that is enough for the judge to grant the injunction and allow you to raid the computers. Okay. And you mentioned damages a couple times. You know, what could a client expect from a damages point of view in Brazil? All right, this is a very good question because we get this a lot of, uh, as well. I'm sure, from, people from love damages. <laughs> <laughs> we love damages, that's right. Um, in Brazil, um, the Superior Court of Justice, this is something that you know the jurisprudence over the past 20 years um, has built a system according to which, and this is part of the uh, Superior Court of Justice, these decisions. Um, when it comes to software infringement, copyright infringement, especially copyright, 
damages are calculated uh, range from five to ten times the license price of each infringing seat that the court expert found when he was rating the company. Okay. So, for instance, um, we rated this, comp this company today. We found the court expert found, uh, let's say, ten illegal seats. So, if we do not do not sell the case until the end of the litigation, and if we the judge accepts our arguments and he will probably he he probably will because you know we have the evidence of sure. the violation. Uh, the guy, the company will have to pay ten times from five to ten times uh, the number of seats that the, the the court expert found. So it's a lot of money, and it's a good opportunity to really show to the infringer that hey, you were caught. Yep. Um, if you do not settle with us right now or within the next few, I don't know, weeks, etc., the bill will be much stronger, much higher. That's really good to hear. I mean, those are strong penalties for a country that I think most people don't realize is willing to enforce at that level. Sure, exactly. Okay, just to pivot slightly here, because I did have the privilege of watching your presentation a short time ago. Talk to me a little bit about internet service providers, because right. you know there's certainly lots of customers out there that have compliance programs. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of those that do not. But for those that are just looking to see what is the overall market opportunity, maybe once you get past some of the low-hanging fruit cases, right. what are these other avenues with ISPs that uh, compliance programs can, can um, embark upon? Yes, thank you. This is a very good question. And what happens is the following. I mean, we started, and I'm pretty sure that most of the uh, software publishers and also the uh, partners, I mean, the law firms have been facing the very same kind of issue that we are facing right now in 2019 in Brazil. So we started, like, like I said previously, we started out this APNC program back in 2016. So it was a blue ocean. I mean, yep. huge, you know, whales and uh, big fishes and so on. Because no one for those specific clients had never... Uh, tried to reach out to the companies, you know, to negotiate and so on. So people were just using software. Eh, that's okay. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. You know, I will not be sued. They had no I'm idea you were coming. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, I've never been bothered. So I'm going to continue to use the software. Why? Why would I have to change that? Okay. That's that. That's the situation. So after one, two, or three years, after you know, fishing. And um, getting some very, very big fishes, whales and sharks and etc. Now, in 2000, I mean, after almost four years, the situation, the ocean is completely um, different from what it was initially. Mm -hmm. So, um, what we are seeing is that, um, and this is a scent that we get from Revolitics, from the software publishers as well. There's a lot of information that, unfortunately, we still, for technical reasons, I believe, we are unable to really link to the companies, to the individuals that have been using illegal copies of the softwares. I mean, it's like an iceberg. Uh, yeah. That was the picture that I mentioned, that I showed in my presentation. So you have the top uh, above the, you know, the seawater, and uh, that's where we are. I mean, this is the information that we get from... Uh, the platforms, right? Yeah, the really good leads are above the water. Exactly. Underneath exactly. the water is lots of interesting data at massive volumes that, for whatever reason, isn't quite ready to pursue. Uh, yet. Yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So for this um, huge uh, set of, of, of data, which unfortunately until this point, 
um, are uh, we are not uh, we are unable to to link to to companies and to individuals. Uh, the strategy that we built in Brazil in my law firm was to engage to contact ISPs, uh, internet service providers. And how is that? And most of the jurisdictions nowadays have internet laws. That's what we have in Brazil as well. This mm -hmm. is a, a law that was passed in 2015 uh, called the Brazilian Internet Law, which states that um, internet service providers have the obligation to keep use logs for up to 12 months. Okay, If they do not keep these logs for 12 months, they will be in serious trouble. Mm -hmm. Okay, And the ISPs, the internet service providers, have to keep these logs, you know, under secret and can only disclose this information upon a court order. So what we did was, well, now my clients have a lot of information coming from Revolitics. We are sending the letters, we're negotiating. Okay, that's fine. But what about the other set of information? Huge, you know, tons of information that we aren't able to get to the point, yep. to the targets. <clears throat> so what we did was, uh, it was a pilot you know, lawsuit, a pilot project for we filed the case before uh, the Brazilian state courts against a local and very tiny internet service provider because at this point in time, we didn't want to get into a big litigation against yeah. a huge you know, ISP. You want to test the model. Exactly. Yeah. Let's test the model. So we filed this complaint against the company. Uh, it's a company called D uh, Desktop. We uh, got the injunction. The judge ordered uh, Desktop, the uh, not the infringer, but the, the you know the ISP to disclose the information, and that's what they we did. That's what they did. So they presented, I believe that within 15 days or something like that, they presented hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of information and information, very good quality information. I'm talking about the uh, name of the company that used the software, mm -hmm. um, the individuals, I mean the accounts. You know, with the email address, sometimes even the phone uh, phone call, uh, phone number, and and many other information about the uh, geo localization, yep. you know, of the company and so on. So, with all this set of new information, very valuable information, we were able to generate many, many more leads, which means that we were able to uh, also close other deals as well. Yep, so more cases, more volume, more data that was all just hidden behind this ISP exactly, for whatever exactly, reason. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and my, um, this is something that I, that I mentioned in my presentation, uh, in the final minutes of my presentation, is really to, uh, for the publishers, for the software publishers, to consider, at least in Brazil, this opportunity, this avenue, because uh, we not only have this <laughs> very good uh, case law precedent for a software company uh, and many more will come sure. I'm definitely sure but um, if these companies are really considering to initiate launch in Brazil APNC programs let's not just follow you know the regular avenue which is you know to send a season these letters mm -hmm. uh, sometimes even consider the litigation you know lawsuit for damages and so on but also if you guys want to increase the number of leads mm -hmm. Let's also think about other alternatives, and this is a good one yeah, in Brazil. Very strategic. It is. Yeah, I mean, this sounds like there's really good things happening in Brazil. I mean, the economy is certainly not the strongest in the world, but it's strong enough. It and is. with some research and development and understanding who the infringers are, you can start to embark on a journey that has some of the traditional methods, which you've right. stated of cease and desist and amicable engagements and, and turnover. 
But if you want to be more strategic and look at the territory and look at the judicial system, there's a lot of support there for these software vendors to make a lot Absolutely. of money. Absolutely. And really just recover the revenue that's just being lost and has been lost for many, many years now. Exactly. And it shouldn't be. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So thank you so much for joining today. I think this has been great. It was a pleasure to see you in Paris and have you present to a lot of our clients and prospects here. If you want more information on his firm, look him up on LinkedIn. Look him up uh, on his website. His name is uh, Rafael Amaral. He works for Kaznar Leonardos. Thank you for joining Piracy Impact. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. All Bye. right. Bye-bye. This has been episode number 10 of the Piracy Impact podcast from Revulytics with your hosts, Jason Swan and me, Michael Goff. Special thanks to Rafael Amaral from Brazilian IP law firm Casnar Leonardo's for joining us, and thank you for listening. We appreciate you subscribing to and rating this podcast wherever you listen. Adding a rating and review helps other software license compliance professionals find our podcast. You can also continue the conversation on social media. Please follow us on Twitter, at Revulytics, and share your comments and questions with hashtag PiracyImpact. You can also learn more about Revulytics and how we've supported customers' compliance programs generate more than $2.4 billion in new license revenue since 2010 at www.revulytics.com. Hi, this is Michael Goff again. Thank you for listening. And as a reminder, this podcast was recorded by Revulytics, which is now a part of Revenera. If you'd like to learn more about the topics we discussed today or software monetization in general, please reach out to us at www.revenera.com.